0: Hello everyone, this is Pastor Jay Tyler from Holt Assembly of God, and I want to thank you for joining me for Life in the Spirit. Today I want to talk to you about unknown fear. Unknown fear can cripple our faith and keep us from trusting God and experiencing peace. In this message, I want to encourage you to trust God in times of fear and distress, knowing God has a plan and a purpose for whatever we're facing. I pray that you are challenged, blessed, and encouraged as you hear the Word of God shared in this message. And again, we want to thank you for joining us here online, and it's an honor to be able to worship with you and share God's Word with you. So today is the, the second part of our series called Emotions, and today I want to talk to you about the, the emotion of fear, and I think that's a, a timely a timely message. So I, I was thinking about fear, and I remembered this story, and uh, the story goes like this. It's a, it's a small church. People that, that go to the church, they like to gather there, and they like to get... You know, get there early, and they like to talk and just talk about their week and how things went. And so one particular Sunday morning, the church members were talking before service, and suddenly at the altar, Satan appears. Needless to say, the reaction of those gathered was fear. And everyone's running for the doors, determined to get away from evil incarnate. And in a matter of seconds, the whole church is just emptied out with the exception of one old man. And he just sat calmly in his pew. This confuses the devil. So he walks up to the man. He says, don't you know who I am? And the old man says, yes. And he's just kind of nonchalant about it. And the devil's a little perturbed. So he says, why aren't you afraid of me? And the old man looked at the devil and says, because I've been married to your sister for 45 years. I won't go on with anything else. But all I'm going to say is this. At some level, we deal with fear. Everyone deals with fear. And what, what fear does, and if it's the wrong kind of fear, it can cripple our faith and it can rob us of our peace. If we'll just look what John, or Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, just a very familiar, familiar scripture. Jesus says this, that in me, in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Boy, you can see the paradox there. In Christ, we may have peace. But in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus goes on to say this, but take heart, I've overcome the world. According to Jesus, we we will experience tribulation, which is really just another way of of saying pressure, affliction, uh, distress, trouble, or difficulty. I would say the time we're in is a time of tribulation. But in the midst of tribulation, Jesus assures us that we can experience his peace. And you may not be the kind of person that maybe is afraid of things and, and you may not be afraid of things that go bump in the night but there's one fear that's common to us all every person can identify with this fear and it's the fear of the unknown not knowing what 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 is going to take place next you know when we see people going to the grocery store and fighting over toilet paper it's a sign it, it demonstrates that people are fear are afraid of the unknown and wearing god's word Can we look, can we study, can we look at an example where we see someone facing unknown fear? And I think the best story we could read in God's word uh, is the story of Job. And one day we know that Job, he experiences the the loss of his home, uh, his livelihood, his children, and his health. Uh, The one thing, ironically, that Job doesn't lose is his wife. And if you know the story, you know she's no peach. In fact, at one point in the story, she says this to Job. In Job 2.9, are you still maintaining your integrity, curse God and die? Now she's a real encourager. And uh, maybe this is just me, and maybe this is just a a weird sense of humor, but I could see this conversation happening with Satan and his angels. And I'm sure that the the demons are saying, are you sure you want to leave this man's wife? And I think Satan would say something like this, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. And so... uh, just, just this, to, to look at the story, uh, beyond Job's wife, his friends. And his friends aren't very helpful as, as well. In fact, about 90% of this story is the conversation between Job and his friends. And his friends are, are questioning God. They're complaining against God. And I think their conversation can really be summed up in, in one verse. And we're going to focus on that for just a moment. And this is where Job finally just cries out to God. And he says this in Job 30, verse 20. I call to you, O God, but you never answer. And when I pray to you, you pay no attention. So what's Job saying? God, it's a bad day. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I cried out to you and you haven't answered me. In fact, you never answer me. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I'm sure you have. You've had a bad day. Something tragic has has occurred. And you feel like, God, I need some answers. I need some help. God, where are you? And then when there is no no reply, you can say, well, well, God, you're never there. You never answer me. And like Job, what are we saying? When we we say those things, we're, we're afraid of the unknown. And after hearing Job, God speaks to Job. And Job 38, verses 1 and 2. It says, then the Lord answered Job, Out of the whirlwind, out of a whirlwind, out of a storm. Well, that's a message in itself. God speaks to Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? In other words, Job, you don't know what you're talking about. It goes on in verse 3. Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Verse 4. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. God is saying this to Job. Okay, big boy, if you think you've got this all figured out, tell me how I did that. Verse 5, who determines its measurements? Surely you know. You can almost see God being somewhat sarcastic in, in his tone. Surely you know. Or have you stretched the line upon it? God is really trying to help Job understand who he is while Job is facing the unknown, the unknown fear. Let's go on down to verses 18 through 21. Have you comprehended the breath of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. Where is the way of the dwelling of light And darkness, where is its place? Where does darkness go? Where does it come from? That you may take to its territory, that you may know the path of its home. Verse 21, do you know it? Because... You were born then, or because the number of your days is so great. Again, I think God sounds like a father who is, who is chastising his teenage son who thinks he's got everything all figured out. And he's saying, you know what, I did all these things. You tell me how I did these things. Since you've got all this age and wisdom, surely you know. And Job, like all of us, I think, reacts in a way that, that most of us would. We, we do this. When we, get, when we face the unknown, we lose our perspective. Fear sets in and we just lose perspective of who God is. Let's go down to Job 40, verses three and four. Then Job replied to the Lord, am I nothing? How could I ever find the answers? I will cover my mouth with my hand. And what what is happening here is Job feels reassured and then also he feels a little embarrassed at the same time. God, God, I was wrong and you were right and I'm just gonna hush myself. And that's what Job is is replaying back to God, just relaying this back to him. Job learned something that we all need to learn. And, And it's this, that God is allowing the unknown for reasons, reasons that we don't always understand. Look what God declares through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 46, 10. Only I can tell you the future. Before it ever happens, everything I plan will come to pass. I do whatever I wish. See, God has a plan and a purpose and for reasons that only God knows and understands. And and so why do we have a problem with that? Why do we have such a problem with God only knowing the plans? See, ever since the Garden of Eden, I think that, that we think it's our duty that we have to figure out everything God knows. But we can't because he's God. So we're trying to know what God knows, but only God can know this. And what it does is it stirs up this anxiety inside of us. And it creates this tension that that God never intended for us to carry. Because, again, the promise is peace. God wants to give us peace. So when we're facing the unknown, we're trying to figure it all out. The natural reaction is fear. And we should be grateful that we serve a God that knows stuff that we don't know. Because think about this. If we served a God and we knew everything that he knew, he wouldn't be much of a God. So let's go on down through the story. And this is a powerful statement that Job makes. Job 42, verse 5. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. What is Job saying? Before all this, I knew about you. But in the midst of this unknown fear, in the midst of this tribulation, I've discovered who you really are. And Job, we know he's a godly man. He fears God. But in this trial, he really finds out who God is. And we may not like to to know that or to hear that, but it's so true, you really discover the power of God, the character of God, the nature of God when you're going through a trial. And in this life, remember, we will experience tribulation. Jesus promises that, he makes it clear. And we're gonna face the unknown, but we can know God in those situations. We can settle it in our hearts. And when we do that, when we become like Job, we finally settle that unknown fear, we trust him, it's a game changer. Let's look at the story. Let's pull out three important statements that Job makes in his, his conversation with God. And each statement is, is a discovery. It's, it's God revealing himself and, and Job really capturing that in unknown fear. So let's look at verse 2, Job 42. Two. Job says this, I know that you can do everything. What's he saying? Job is saying this, that God is all powerful. That God is omnipotent. He's omni, he's all potent, powerful. But here's our dilemma. If God is so powerful, why doesn't he do something powerful in my situation? Why doesn't he do something powerful in my midst? And here's the best answer we we can come to. I don't know. We don't know. And most of us, we won't ever know. And so this is what happens. Sometimes we try to resolve these problems. Why this? Why that? But we've got to really understand that God is all powerful in this situation. Colossians uh, chapter one, verses 16 through 17. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. God has the things of our existence in his hands. And so if we can settle that in our hearts, if we can understand that he is all powerful and he's holding things, he's literally holding things, it will bring us peace. But if we can't capture that, if we can't grab that in our hearts, it's going to stir up anxiety within us. And I know there are people who who they don't believe that God can do a miracle, or they believe this, that God can do a miracle, but just not in my situation. But can I tell you this, that God can do a miracle in anyone's situation. He loves us all. He cares for us all. And it's sad if you come to that conclusion. Because you serve an unlimited, all-powerful God. I would rather have put my hope in an unlimited, all-powerful God rather than putting any type of certainty in the hands of men who are limited. And, and we've got to know this. We've got to know this in our knower. That when we're facing the unknown, God is bigger and more powerful than any of our problems. Here's the second thing Job discovered. This is what he discovered about God when he was facing unknown fear. Number two, God is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. Job 42, two, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God knows the beginning from the end. He knows the beginning, the end, but unfortunately we're somewhere in the middle and we don't have his perspective. For example, someone who dies, uh, well, this is our perspective, someone who dies before their time. Our perspective is that it's always too early. But what's God's perspective? What's God's perspective on, on their life? It, it, our statement illustrates that we are very limited in our knowledge, but God knows all things. You know, I don't think it was right for my wife to experience the loss of her parents in, in a three-month period. But, but God understands it all. That's, that's our perspective. That's, that's not God's perspective. And some people quote this verse and they only leave the first half. They only quote the first half and they, they leave the second half alone. Isaiah 57.1, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time. And they say, well, there you go. There, there you have it. But the rest of the verse really makes it come together. But no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from evil to come. See, we don't have that perspective. We, we just see... Loss, we experience loss. We don't understand why a person is taken from us, but, but God knows the beginning from the end. He might be sheltering that person from evil to come. So God's timing may not be right in our eyes, but God knows all things. And when we grab that, when we get a hold of that, we have peace. But when we wrestle against that, we have turmoil. There's fear, there's uncertainty, there's the unknown. If we understand that rather than fight against us, we'll have peace. Hebrews 4, 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to us, to the eyes of him. To him, we must give an account. God knows all people. He knows all things. And we either believe this or we wrestle with it. And the more we wrestle with it, the more the unknown gains power in our life. But if we can settle this in our hearts, faith is, we'll rise up rather than fear and we'll have peace. Knowing an all-knowing God knows our situation, gives us assurance when we're facing the unknown. Never be afraid to trust your situation to an all-knowing God. He knows best. Here's the third thing we can discover about Job's conversation with God as he's, he's facing unknown fear. Let's look at verse five, Job 42, five. I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. What he's learning about God is he's omnipresent. God is everywhere. God is all places. Whenever we face the unknown, we've got to get this into our hearts that God is present and he is for us. Knowing this truth, when you're facing, fear will bring comfort. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verses five and six. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And and God will not abandon us even when we think or feel we're all alone look at this verse six so we may say boldly boldly the lord is my helper i will not fear what can man do to me and the writer of hebrews says boldly in this translation and in other translations it's 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 translated as this confidence whenever you see boldness and confidence in scripture you're really seeing a reference to faith so we can say boldly that God is our helper. Knowing God is with us encourages our faith. So when we know God is with us, we could respond appropriately. And fear will not get its grip into our lives. It's kind of like this. If, if you're going to a fight and, and you're a child and you bring your, your older brother, your bigger sibling along for the fight, when you have that person with you fighting with you, You know this, that you're gonna be just fine. That person is gonna be there to back you up. It's the same way with God. He is not only for you, He is with you. And when you get that into your heart, it gives you confidence. So if we ever get a hold of that truth, especially when we're facing unknown fear, there's a confidence that arises within us. Uh, Psalms 46:1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Some of us are facing real fears real situations. And it may not feel like God is with you, but he is because that's who he is. He's God, but He he's not running and hiding. He's, he's not being evasive. He's there. He's present. And I want to encourage you to get this into your heart. Know that this, this is so important. So when you know this, you'll turn to him. You'll have trust in him. You'll have confidence in him, and he can take away all that anxiety and fear from your heart. He's a very present help. Isaiah 43, 2, Uh, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall flame scorch you. And what's God saying is, listen, if you go through fire, if you go through flood, I'm going to be there with you. And that gives you assurance. It gives you a confidence. What we tend to do is we want to look at at, uh, uh, deliverance in this way. We want to look at deliverance as God rescuing us so that we never have to go through trouble. But in this life, there's going to be tribulation. In this life, there's going to be trouble. So the good news is this. We may not always be delivered from that situation, but God promises to go through that situation and delivers us through the situation, never leaving us nor forsaking us. So that's the promise that we have. And that should give you peace. Matthew 28 20, look what Jesus says, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am always with you. He's always with us. When we know that God is with us, it gives us this great assurance, it gives us this confidence, it gives us an ability then to experience His peace. And I pray that someone gets answers in this message, but really, most of all, I pray that anyone listening to this message, I pray that they really have assurance. Because in this life, you're going to have trials. You're going to have difficulty. You you can't avoid that. But one promise we can have is this. We can have assurance. We can have the assurance that God, an all-powerful, all-knowing God, a God that is present, that will never leave us nor forsake us, will go through the battles with us. And that's the assurance I want every person to have that listens to this message. So there are four ways we can apply uh, these truths in our daily lives. In the same... The same, and get this into your spirit, the same God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present loves you. He loves you. Know that God loves you. Know, say, if you have to say it to yourself every morning, I know that God loves me. And that may sound ridiculous to some of you, but it's so important because you've got to get that into your spirit and really believe it because God does love you. So how do I know that, that God loves me? His son, Jesus, died on the cross. While you were still a sinner, Jesus died for you. So, how much does God love you? It's, it's this much and more. So just remember this: that, that greater love has no one of this to lay down his life for another person. Remind yourself daily of this truth. God loves me. You serve an all-powerful God that loves you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Number two, know that God wants to be, or excuse me, know that God wants the best for you. And you just have to remind yourself that God's not against you. God's not fighting against you. God is not mad at you, and you have to somehow curry his favor. God, God is not a spiritual Santa Claus, and his, his, our wish is his command. That's, those are two extremes, but, but God is for you. He wants what's best for you. And I think when we look at Romans chapter 8, I'm going to read verses 31, 32. I'm going to skip down to 35 and 37. I think it helps us understand some things. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's good news. When he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all of us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God wants what's best for you. All right, here's the truth and here's the promise. Now watch this, verse 35. Who, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. See, God wants what's best for us, even when we experience these difficulties. I think that sometimes we get that messed up. We think that, well, I'm going through a trial, I'm going through a tribulation. That means God doesn't love me. That's not not the case. Jesus told us, in this life we'll have tribulation. And Paul gets this revelation into his spirit that just because I'm going through a difficult time, doesn't mean that God doesn't love me, and it doesn't mean he doesn't desire his best for me. He does. That that doesn't change. Life happens, the world changes, but God never changes. And he wants what's best for you. Remind yourself of this truth on a daily basis. Number three, know that God has a plan for you. God has a plan for my life. I mean, repeat that to yourself on a daily basis. God is at work in ways that we don't always understand. And, and when we're experiencing the worst of moments, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you. He does. Remember, in this life, you're going to have tribulation, but God still has a plan for you. And if we can ever get a hold of that, we'll have assurance and we'll have a clarity. You know, when, when life comes at us and, it, and it, throws, it throws at us something difficult and it gets us off our, off our setting, off our footing, then what happens is this when we get a, a, an understanding of God's plan for our lives, it brings things back into focus, it gives us clarity. So remember that God has a plan for your life. Sometimes the most miserable of situations, you can get this revelation and it brings you peace. You're going through difficulty, but then you have clarity all of a sudden because you're reminded, God's got a plan for me. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11, One of my favorite verses in the Bible. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Remind yourself daily. That God has a plan for your life. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, God has a plan for you. You can say, well, how can God use me? He can use you. If He can use me, He can use you. And I've said this before: the only reason I'm a pastor is because someone else said no. There's, I'm sure there's plenty of people more qualified, more gifted than I am. And if God can use me, he can use anyone. So you, you can have all these excuses, but remember this: God's got a plan for you but you don't know what I've done. God has a plan for you. I've turned my back on God. I've ran into sin. It doesn't matter. God still has a plan for you. I curse God. It doesn't matter. God has a plan for you. Turn to Jesus. He's got a plan for you. Number four, know that God is going to bring you through. Know that God's going to bring you through. You're going through a difficult time. You're facing real fears, but God's going to bring you through. Look at 2 Timothy 4.18. I love these words by Paul. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack All right, and will bring me safely into his kingdom. Now, which one is it? Is he going to deliver me or is he going to bring me into his kingdom? And the answer is both. The answer is both. See, God can rescue us or he can simply let us enter into his presence. Either way, we win. God's going to go through the situation with us. He's for us. You know, think about this. People who have been divinely healed of cancer. It's a miracle. But five years later, they die of something completely different. You say, why? 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 I can only say this. God gave them five more great years. And that five more wonderful years was a gift. But when they stepped into the presence of God, they had complete healing. See, they win either way. See, Paul was arrested. He was beaten, almost killed a number of times, constantly under the threat of death. And you could, how could anyone live like that? The unknowns com, just completely just overwhelm him time after time. But, but Paul had this peace within him. He knew that whether he lived or died, he won, he had victory. Well, you know, Paul would have threats. You better stop preaching the gospel or we're going to kill you. And what would Paul's reply basically be? I went either way, who cares? So what can you do to a person who has that perspective when they have no fear of death? When they have no fear of what the world can do them. Look what Paul also writes in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, this needs to be our perspective It needs to be active in our daily life. When we face the unknown, this has to be our perspective. Everyone here in my voice, please hear me. Have this confidence. You don't have to fear the unknown. God's got a plan for you. God loves you. And, And the unknown is, again, only going to cause more animosity in your life. And just trust him. Know that you don't have to be afraid when you go through a trial. You're going to go through difficulties. But know that God is for you. He's not against you. Know whatever you struggle with has a purpose and it has an end. It has a purpose and an end. And sometimes that is challenging because the situation can be very difficult. But there is a purpose and an end and we don't understand, but we, uh, we serve a God that does. So be reminded of that. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to ask the praise team to come on back up here. And as they do so, I want you to have assurance. As they, they lead us in worship, I want you to have this assurance that, that when we stand before God, we can come with a with a heart and asking God, I, I really want that. I want that peace and he'll give you that peace. There's two things I want you to know before we worship together. And it says, Jesus tells us in order to, to experience this assurance, we must be born again. It's the only way we're ever going to have complete assurance is if we're born again. To, to experience the fullness of God and his kingdom, you must be born again. I mean, those aren't my words. Those are the words of Jesus. So if you want assurance today, give your life to Jesus. Surrender yourself to him and God has an amazing plan for you. He wants to bless you in so many ways. And you can have that assurance if you trust in Jesus today. How can we experience God's promise uh, with assurance? Surrender your life to Jesus, turn to his plans, live out his plans for you. Experience new birth, walk with God, the Holy Spirit will help you. Number two, I know I shared a lot of verses today. I know that there was a lot of verses that were shared, but the reason I did that was on purpose. The reason I shared so many verses with you is this, that that faith comes by hearing God's word. You know, we're surrounded right now by so many negative reports. You turn on the news, there's just negativity about health, about the stock market. But I I read these words to you to to encourage you, to give you that assurance that God's in control. He has a plan. Whatever you're facing, it's real. But remember God's word through these times. Remind yourself of what he promises. Also remind yourself of who he is most importantly. Know who he is. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So as, as we worship together in this last song, I want you to remind yourself of these promises. I want you to have that assurance. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to him. Experience assurance. Number two, if you just need to be reassured, you're already serving God then just focus on Him and say, you know what? Just realize who He is and just trust Him today, fresh and anew. So as we worship together, just allow the presence of the Lord to minister to you today. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this broadcast of Life in the Spirit. I hope this message was a blessing to you. If you are looking for a church home, I want to encourage you to come and worship with us on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m or join us Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. for our family night. We have ministry opportunities for all ages, children, youth, and adults. Holt Assembly of God is located at 540 3rd Avenue in Holt, Florida. If you'd like to find out more information about our church, you can find us on the web at www.holtag.org, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Our phone number is 850-537-8351. Until our next broadcast of Life in the Spirit, may God bless you as you serve the Lord Jesus with a grateful heart.